Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. This is episode 100. I am your host, Carter E., joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. We, I think we might as well start throwing a, a co-host label on Duke here as Duke Rittenhouse, New, Nevada News Group news editor, joins us again this week. Uh, of course, with this being episode 100, what else are we going to start with but the 100th anniversary of Carson Douglas football? We will get there in just a second, but we will get to some more regional stuff uh, that is coming later this week and into next week. Obviously, the the end of fall sports is approaching in uh, pretty much every every single sport here, if it's not already wrapped up like tennis and golf is. Uh, but before we get into the rest of today's episode, we'd like to thank today's title sponsor, that is Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs, located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at www.playedagainstsports.com. Duke, you and I were both on the side, well, shoot, all three of us were on the sidelines for Carson Douglas uh, 100 this past Friday, a 35-0 win for Douglas. Uh, took a little bit for the Tigers to get rolling, a couple of fumbles uh, early on, probably limited uh, what could have been a, a wider margin of victory, depending on you know how you look at teams in the red zone. But anyways, a 35-0 win for the Tigers. Duke, I guess I'll just throw this straight over to you. What was your kind of main takeaway from uh, Friday night's historic uh, anniversary game? Yeah, let me give you two takeaways. First, um, it was the atmosphere was everything I was hoping it would be. Um, you know, you never know. But, you know, these I got there at about 620, I believe. And uh, it's the first time I've been to Douglas for numerous events. And first time I wasn't able to use that lot, that main lot. <laughs> Parking lot, yeah. I, <laughs> I, had to, I had to go down to, uh, forgive me if I get this wrong, is it called Pulse Fitness? Uh, it's, uh, it's behind those apartments. Oh. Okay, so I so by the right, by right, the pool. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't want to use the apartment, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't know the rules or whatever. But Pulse Fitness had some spots, and then I had to walk back into the stadium. So you've got a full house. Everyone was, you know, I, I looked around, and even 15 minutes before a kickoff in, in Northern Nevada, you still have a lot of folks pulling up mm-hmm. usually. But there wasn't on the Douglas side, not a place to be had, and only the uh, only the ends of the Carson side that you could get a couple places. I took another look about midway through the first quarter, and it was even better. Yeah. So fantastic. Yeah. I mean, gotta love the atmosphere. The the cheerleaders with the shirts that they made. Um, uh, there was some other stuff. Uh, there was alumni from both schools that you know, including some football guys that I'm sure we all wave to. So that was the atmosphere. And then, of course, my second impression is, you know, let's face it, Douglas is the real deal. Yeah. I mean, at at this level, Northern Nevada, they've got uh, they've got a team. I just like all the pieces they've got. Um, they've got, uh, they're big, they're fast, they're fearless right now. You know, I think maybe it took, maybe it took beating Argonaut 40 to nothing or, you know, shitting out Spring Creek or whatever, but they're fearless, they're confident. Uh, they have a star player who's, who's also a nice kid, you know. They've got uh, big receivers. I, I just, you, you go up and down and you go, this, this is great. Um, and I ended up concentrating a little bit on the defense, talked to three defensive players after the game and, and uh, assistant coach Ryan Moglich, and just great. They love to swarm to the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just 11, you know, 11 guys. There's some great quotes I didn't use. Like, there was one, one of the players said, you know, every single running play, we, we want these, we want the ball carrier to have to wait because five or six guys are having to roll off of him, you know, so he's got to wait. And I, maybe I should get that in there somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> uh, what a complete team. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to take a full game 
probably zero turnovers from someone to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was considering uh, asking Jeff to see if I could use the uh, the bleeper here because I've, I've heard some <laughs> I've heard some takes over uh, where Douglas football would fall if we were in the old 5A. To be honest, I just got a, I think, paraphrase from my late grandfather when he just said, oh, fooey, to think that uh, this team couldn't hang in the old 5A from, from last season. I don't think it takes very much investigative work to put them as probably would be a top four seed in uh, in the old 5A of, of yesteryear and maybe even a, a three seed. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go as far as to say as they, they'd, they'd be a one seed and they'd be steamrolling everybody, but I, I do think it's a bit ridiculous to to once again find ways to uh, to knock these kids down. I know I've heard it and said it before with Douglas Girls Golf and some of these other realignments, but uh, you know, you see teams that are that are in this same spot and they aren't doing what what Douglas is doing. So, uh, you know, that's that's the last I'll I'll give any any uh, voice to to those folks, because I don't think it's really necessary to continue to uh, give them a, a platform. And guys, unless I'm missing something, no matter what you do, if you play football or, or baseball or, you know, you're a, a kid at Smith Valley or Douglas or what, you just play the teams that are in front of you. Right. Right. I mean, at some point you have to play the games. You have your schedule. The adults figured it out at some point. I mean, it's not fair to criticize, I, I don't think, at all for playing the schedule that you've got and being good at football. Yeah. And everything beyond that is pure speculation. It can be fun to speculate, mm-hmm. but, but not... Not in a negative way. Right. That that's got to go because, like I said, no matter what you do, this your schedule was made a year before. Or whatever you 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 line up and you play the team in front of you. It's hard to criticize kids for that. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that's that's the last uh, the last uh, platform. I'll, I'll give I'll give that criticism. Uh, we are taping this Monday morning uh, just to give a little uh, clarity there. I'm not seeing any uh, official Douglas stats yet, but. Of course, we unofficially had Connor Jackson running for 310 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, in the process, he tied the single-season rushing touchdown record in Douglas history with 27 this season. Um, that is uh, pretty impressive and really, I mean, goes to show with just a lot of the stuff we've written about him this year and that offensive line. and They just... They're just really sound. I mean, they they're pulling all the time. They've it's it's a power run game that even if you know it's coming, it's nearly impossible to stop. I think last I heard, they were averaging something like eight point nine yards per carry on power. Uh, Connor Jackson is around eight point seven yards per carry this season. Uh, he is back in the state lead as well. If you look at Max Preps, it says he's two, uh, but he is three yards behind number one, and number one has stats in for this past week. So he will absolutely jump back into that number one spot in uh, the state, and he is inside the top one hundred in the nation in rushing yards as well. Uh, so another impressive game for him. He had four scores on the day, and then they Douglas did. Get one passing touchdown from Jackson Ovard to Trace Estes. Estes kind of snuck out and behind the the secondary there. It was pretty open. I think it was a 29-yard pitch and catch there between the two of them. But otherwise, it was the the Connor Jackson show. And as I as I tweeted out Friday night, you know, it might be Connor Jackson's world, and I think the rest of us are just living in it. You, you know what I you know what I like about him. You know, I haven't seen him just a couple times. You know, and I one of those where I wish you know maybe I could have seen him more. But you know. Carson defense made a couple of nice stops. They 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 did their own swarming mm-hmm. when they could, um, and uh, so credit to them. 
One thing I like about uh, Connor is, though, he gets back up, he hands the ball to the official, goes back to the huddle, and he'll just get you the next time Yeah, it is, is the problem. I mean, again, you know, Carson would get, let's say, a, a one-yard gain or minus one even, and, you know, hey, we're doing good, doing good, second down, all of a sudden third down, there goes Jackson for 14 yards. I mean, it's just... It, it it's this um it's almost relentless and over the course of four quarters he's just you know that you, you just i would imagine you get discouraged like holy moly you know i made the nicest play of my career two plays ago and now they have a first down <laughs> yeah you know it's just it, it's got to be just it's got to be less than fun and don't worry we'll turn to carson here in just a second because they play this thursday at home against north valleys in the first round of the playoffs douglas will get a first round by um I did post an interview I did with with Cole Smalley and Duke. I know you talked to him as well for for your story, but I kind of chuckle in the, that interview because I've seen it so many times. Where and I know I know it's a numbers thing, right? Like the the offensive line is there to block the defensive line and maybe catch a linebacker or two. But I can't tell you how many times on third down I've seen Cole Smalley run through an offense basically untouched and just blow up a play. And I was just kind of chuckling because it was just like you know you, you you're one of the the, the, you might you are the 5A Div 3 player of the year, and uh, as far as I know, up there in tackles again will will likely go to play Division One football, and somehow you get you forget to get blocked multiple times a game. I just was curious what goes through his head when you know your eyes get wide and you just see you as he said to me before, see ball hit ball, and when there's nobody in the way, um, wow, that uh, he can he can continue to to lay the wood, and and he got the chance to do that a couple times and. He shows you just how good he is. Aaron Tekanzik, another linebacker who maybe a little bit of their unsung hero on defense because he has been been phenomenal as well. Uh, again, that defense is just ball hawks. They get, grabbed another two turnovers as well. Uh, Zach Jackson had one of those interceptions. Britton Weston had the other. So a 35-0 final for, for Douglas there. Um, but like I said, kind of flipping over to Carson Duke unless there's anything else you wanted to, wanted to touch on with Douglas. But, uh, you know, it may have been... Carson, one of Carson's more impressive offensive displays this season, just given the struggles they've had. I know uh, my my total yardage and their total yardage didn't totally line up, but um, as far as the passing game goes, they were at least able to find some some openings that they have really not seen this season. I mean, Justin Moore, three catches, 53 yards. Ethan Hendy, four catches, 56 yards. All in all, 121 passing yards, which is a little higher than what I had. But hey, I mean, that's... That's something they're looking for. That's a wrinkle they've needed. And as I was going to allude to, they only threw for six yards against North Valleys in their first meeting. So if they're going to want to beat North Valleys, and we'll get into what the Panthers did against Carson last time, but they're going to have to continue to exploit that wrinkle. And I know they were able to run the ball a lot better against North Valleys in the first meeting, but I think to be able to keep that defense honest and not cheat up, especially when you have three guys in the backfield like Carson loves to do. It's going to be important to continue to have those abilities to to get over the top, and it was nice to see um, some some new faces in there make, making plays and getting the ball, being able to get some first downs where they 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 needed them. Yeah, I think I thought Carson had his moments for sure. I mean, this is a good team they played, and if I remember correctly, uh, I don't have the box in front of me, but it was zero zero after the first. Right? Yeah, it was, I mean, zero zero until like three minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, and then. They uh, it was oh that's right because it, it was seven nothing very very late and short punt set yep. up set up the second touchdown yep, exactly. run exactly yep uh, so that you know could they could have gone into halftime seven nothing yep. 
And then one thing I noticed in the second half, again, they're playing a good team, but it, it the problem was uh, it went to 28 quickly. Yeah. And that's, you know, then, then you start getting into the, you know, they can't make this deficit up. Yeah. It's just too much. So, but Carson had its moments. I don't think a lot of them came in the run game. And, and as you said, uh, they went up into the air. But um, reviewing some of them in my mind, those were some open receivers. Yeah. You know, that they were running good routes. The ball was getting there. Uh, you know, 14, 15 yard gain, first down. That's great. Gives you another gives you another dimension too. And and, and again, like you said, you know, it's playoff time now. Do, I think I think rematches are hard. I yeah. think strange things can happen. I think both teams, North Valleys and Cars, are gonna want to show something different. I don't think you wanna a repeat of that because let's face it overtime games can be a bit of a coin flip could have gone either way right so i think if you're carson and you want to show a little bit more pass go for it i mean you know north valley's defense is not douglas's defense right but uh if you can bring that extra offensive dimension i'd say do it and on the flip side i think you have to look at carson's defense and feel feel optimistic for the senators at least going into to this week that you were able to limit douglas so well in the first half because if you look at back at that if you look back at that first meeting with north valleys that's that's the best offensive production north valleys has had this whole season they they had 340 yards of total offense that is the most they've had in a game this fall and if carson wants to beat them and wants to do it without you know kind of sweating and going into overtime they're gonna need to slow north valleys down and i think Seeing some of that that defensive uh, standout and being able to force some turnovers too will will be crucial. I can't even emphasize that enough. Uh, going into a playoff game against North Valley's, it'll be the first home playoff game in quite a while for the Senators. And imagine you will see uh, some familiar faces in on those plays. J.T. Heaton, fourteen tackles for for Carson last Friday. Kincaid Gill, thirteen, and Odin Riley had six as well. They had. Three tackles for loss. Um, Odin Riley and Roman Gant were both credited with a sack and a half there. Um, Drake Hardcastle, you know, like I said, was 9 of 22 with a 122 yards passing. He did have the two INTs, but, you know, they also asked him to punt, and he averaged almost 40 yards of punt, too, which, you know, may sound like small potatoes, but in a, in a playoff game, being able to flip the, the field position is is very important and something that can easily get lost in, in the mix. In, you just can't give you can't give teams short fields, and you saw how quickly Douglas was able to take advantage of that. It's something that North Valley's I know will be hoping to take advantage of after after losing their first meeting. Uh, I can only imagine how how uh, fired up they will be for the second meeting, which just to clarify, if I didn't say this already, is Thursday at six p.m. at Carson High School. Seven thirty. Seven thirty. Oh, Seven thirty. I was just about to. My ask. apologies. Man, okay. The, That's right. We did uh, talk about that. The yeah. soccer. Uh, yeah. It's a fi- it's a field situation. <laughs> so. okay. Yeah, girls soccer plays at two uh, JV at two and varsity at three forty five, and then there was enough time period to flip the field and you know, get the soccer goals but, off. And, but seven thirty, not seven. Yes, okay, I, I've been told seven thirty. Okay, I'll look it up. So yeah, the, it'll be it'll be important for for Carson to make sure that that defense comes comes ready there. Miko um, Almond in their first meeting was nine of fourteen for one hundred twenty eight yards with two touchdowns through the air. So making sure that that passing defense stays sound, um, and then of course North Valley's ran for two hundred eleven yards on the ground, which is not Connor Jackson totals, but they don't have a Connor Jackson, so. Uh, big, big playoff game there. Obviously, the winner will go right back to number one, Douglas. I know the Carson side is hoping to get another shot at them. I'm sure the Tigers will lick their chops at whoever 
wants to take a shot at them. Um, but Douglas will get a buy. It'll be a be a much needed buy. I know head coach Kyle Mays was joking post game that he'll be able to get some sleep this week. So uh, <laughs> hopefully that that works out nicely there. But very very fascinated to see uh, the rematch between Carson and North Valleys, which will of course set up a, another rematch in the Class Five A Division Three semifinals. Duke, anything else you want to touch on here with football before I'm considering uh, jumping to some of the other fall sports we got going here? Did you uh, take a look at Division Two at all? It's kind of interesting, real quick. Uh, I mean, real quickly, yeah. Just for for the listeners who haven't uh, caught up with Div Two, there was a little um, drama going into the last Friday of who was gonna who was gonna drop, who was ultimately gonna get the drop. Of course, Douglas will be getting promoted from Five A Division Three to Five A Division Two next year, but. Going into Friday night, nobody was really sure. The bottom three was not sorted out between Reno McQueen and Damani Ranch, and ultimately it will be the Damani Ranch Mustangs who will be coming down to 5A Division Three. A team Douglas beat 27-7 this year. Um, it's interesting how that worked out. Yeah. I, I, would have not, I would have not liked Reno's chances, you know, if you're just looking at it from an odds perspective. They were the, they were the team needing to win by X points which is the, the always the uncomfortable situation because you know let's face it winning is hard enough yeah you know so uh, just the way the uh, tiebreaker works when you get a three-team tiebreaker real quickly uh there's a point system and um i think you know the niaa's used this for years and years and years i think it's fine it's just that you know one team generally ends up needing to do x y and z uh, and but Reno did. Reno um, Reno came through. They needed a nine point win. They got it. And um, the the team they beat, McQueen, also survives. But uh, NIAA math puts Damani Ranch down with us next year, which is kind of interesting. Makes it even more of a South Reno and so, I should say Southern League. Uh, although we lose Douglas, so what the heck am I talking about? <laughs> Never mind. I thought I had a great point there that it was going to be like the old Sierra League, but you know what? Never mind. Let's M- Minoga's good. Let's move on. Yeah, Minoga's good. Um, you, I was, you know, I've been flipping through the the Max Preps rating system, and I've said this to many people in, in person, and maybe I've said this on the pod before. I I don't know how they formulate it. I don't put a lot of stock in it. But if you're looking at the 5A Division Three standings, Douglas is number one, including the 5A Division Three South teams. Douglas is number one in that Max Preps rating system. Legacy, who will be the one seed out of the South, is just four spots behind them. They both have some interesting, uh, I guess, comp- comparison matchups. You know, with Douglas's close loss to Reed, Legacy has played... Um, Foothill, I believe, very closely, or um, I could have that just mistaken. They are honestly pretty much neck and neck. There's two teams in between, but really, the I think the biggest difference, if we're if we're going to jump ahead here, is quote unquote strength of schedule, where they give a, a massive advantage to Legacy, who of course sits at five and five overall, but all five of those wins came in their league play. So Legacy really tested themselves out of. Out of conference, out of league play. Not to say that Douglas didn't, but clearly Max Preps feels that Legacy's uh, regular season was a, a bit tougher. But we'll see how that shakes out. we got a few weeks before we even get to consider that. And, of course, teams got to win games to even get there in the first place. Jumping over to volleyball here. Just kind of quickly looking through the standings as we go into the, the last week of regional play in the 5A North. 
Uh, Reno and Spanish Springs are right now neck and neck for that one seed. Bishop Minogue has locked itself into the number three seed. McQueen basically has its grasp on the four seed at nine and five. Carson is at seven and seven in the five seed. And then Douglas Galeno are both at four and ten in the six seed. I will personally need to look into that tiebreaker more. I thought that Douglas had it, but I'm realizing now that they have split uh, so far this season. So it'll be interesting to see who can finish up and grab that sixth seed there. Of course, if you look at Douglas's schedule, they have a game against Damani, who is currently last in 5A, uh, Class 5A North. I almost said Division Three, but we're not talking football anymore. And then, of course, Douglas will finish the year with Carson, and that's a game that either side wants to win, standings nonwithstanding. Um, forgive me for that terrible pun there. Um, so yeah, volleyball should be, should be an interesting shape up. Of course, with, uh, the one and two seeds getting the bye, whoever gets that three seed is going to have to go play Bishop Minogue at Bishop Minogue to open the playoffs. And then uh, it looks like if looks like should Carson hold on to that five seed, they will of course play McQueen as the four seed at McQueen, um, that same night as well with the winners getting the one and two seeds there. Shucks, I have too many thoughts going in my brain at the moment. Jumping over to Girls Golf, which finished up this past week. Douglas Girls Golf was second as a team overall, so congrats to them in the 4A North. They have clearly shown, not that I personally had any any doubts there, but they are one of the best teams in, in Northern Nevada, regardless of what classification they're in. Uh, they take second at the Class 4A State Tournament. Some wild differences in scores from... Uh, the Tuesday to Wednesday. They did play at two different courses. Oh, now I see the note. Wednesday's rounds was shortened to 16 holes due to darkness. So that explains some of the gaps there. Gianna Zinke was able to drop her round one score from an 88 to a 67 to take third overall. Madison Frisbee was 10th. Logan Karwoski was 11th. Uh, Douglas was 90 shots off of Minogue, but did end up jumping and passing Reed by 33 strokes after finishing behind Reed at the regional tournament. So congrats, Douglas. It won't be a banner hanging season, but after two of them in a row to take second at state the third year, I think it really shows exactly what that team has been capable of as well. Um, Over on the Douglas tennis side of things, there was a couple of individual performances I'd like to highlight here while I got the chance uh, Colton Brown was the three seed on for singles. He was able to get to the quarterfinals before losing to Josh Boyden of Reno on the same uh, same single side. Bennett Shonaman. Oh, forgive me. Sorry, guys. Uh, he also made it to the quarterfinals before falling to Ryder Keel of Minogue, who was the one seed. Boyden actually went on to get third place in the 4A singles playoff. Keel won the whole thing. 6-2-6-4 over a player from Galena. So congrats to uh, those two Tiger tennis players for uh, pretty impressive senior seasons there. And now we get to the fun, the soccer standings. I've complained about these on Twitter because they're wrong. They may be fixed now, but um, it's a little annoying to have the governing body of Nevada high school sports not be able to get the standings right with a week to go going into playoffs. Yeah, sorry. I got to complain about that again. It's utterly absurd. But <laughs> Carson Boys Soccer will be in the playoffs. They clinched that with a huge win over Damani Ranch from this past Wednesday. Steve Gomez with the game-winning goal in stoppage time to break a 0-0 tie. 
That works out to be a 1-0 win for Carson. It's the only loss in league play that Damani Ranch has this season. So a big win for Carson. They, of course, take on Wooster tonight in another huge game as far as uh, seeding goes, you know, assuming the standings I'm looking at are correct. Uh, so big stuff there. Uh, Douglas, of course, on the boys' side has been eliminated. On the girls' side of things, it's the opposite. The Douglas girls are in. The Carson girls have been eliminated in the 4A. Not yet. Not yet. Excuse me. Oh, not yet. It is not over yet. Okay. It's not over. Feel there free to. That's still a possibility <laughs> mathematically. Okay. That was a plot twist. That was guys. a plot wow. twist. Not yet. <laughs> well, amazing, amazing how much easier this would be if the standings were correct. They're, they're, well, we're going off of what's there, so uh, they, boys and girls both. They may be correct now, but they weren't last week. The boys wasn't. Okay. So, Carson does still have a chance. They have two more games left? They have two more games, and Douglas has two more games. Okay, so they're going to need Douglas to drop both, and they're going to have to win both. Correct. Okay, so they're going to need... They're going to need a little bit of an ask here, but that does not mean it is out of the realm of possibilities. Uh, Douglas will be at home Tuesday night for senior night against Galena, and then at home Thursday or Friday, Thursday against Bishop Minogue at 345. Carson will be at home Thursday, Wednesday Tuesday against Galena. Yeah. yeah. Carson is at home both Carson. for the, both their final two right. games. And there's two tough, tough opponents. So. Uh, yeah. And you're not going to see a lot on on Friday. It's the it's the observance of the holiday. So just cross country, right? just regional cross country, say, regional cross country Saturday I've, morning. I've actually in the past I've seen them throw in a football game every so often, but generally I, I get it. it I, it's our state holiday. I get it. But I was just going to throw out there that Thursday the 26th is a busy, busy, oh, and it, it's, it's more busy than any Thursday we would. <laughs> you know, normally do. But I think we're all kind of used to it once you hit October, if you've lived here for a while. You know, we're kind of used to the, this is going to be a long, goofy weekend. It can depend on when Halloween falls, too, because then people get confused about trick-or-treating, right? So anyway, high school sports fans, Thursday is your day. Yeah. Uh, Forgive me for getting some of that that wrong there. Thankfully, I have two smarter people in the room than myself. Douglas has two tough matchups this week to finish off the year against McQueen and Damani Ranch. The girls, yeah. The girls, yeah. yeah. McQueen is currently locked into the one seed in the high desert, and Damani right now is holding on to the two seed in the Sierra League. So it is it is not impossible, despite Douglas winning both games against Carson, which is what I thought eliminated them. Douglas was talking like they had kind of punched a ticket to the playoffs. As long as they can get a point. <laughs> If they okay. can get a point, it's over. Yeah. Um, but or if Carson loses either yeah. game or ties, they have yeah. to. They, they have they to are win. Must win games. They are down by five points. A win is worth three. Right. Oh, uh, so not even a draw does anything. No, for they I have got. to okay. win. It is win, win, win. Must has win. To lose. Must win. So must Douglas win. ties. Like pull over. Douglas like pull the goalie. In. Like like if you're tied, right? Pull the goalie. Try to you know. You, I mean, you have to yeah, win. Yeah. Okay. Well. And Douglas has to lose. Tied. If Douglas ties, game over for Carson. So it's it's kind of come down to the wire. So the speaking of Carson, the Carson girls cross country team will look to defend their regional and state titles this week against the rest of the 5A North. That will be at Rancho San Rafael Friday. Uh, lots of lots of other races going on that day as well. So it's going to be a, a busy day here. Um, the boys for you know both Carson and Douglas, Sierra Lutheran, Dayton, they'll all be out there as well. Uh, the Carson boys, so just some 
Real quick info here. They ran at the Flat Sack Invitational this past week. According to assistant coach John Hager, Sawyer Macy ran a 1536.8 at the Flat Sack Invitational, which absolutely destroys the Carson High 5K record of 1558 set in 2008. So congrats to Sawyer Macy. A little bit of a spoiler here. I imagine you'll be reading more about him in the paper here at some point soon. That is stout for the high school level. Uh, uh, If you get into the mid-15s, I mean, any state in the nation, um, you know, that's your average. You're right near a five-minute pace. You can do the math because it's actually 3.1 miles, yada, yada. But any sub-16 male runner um, at the high school level is, is, I think, uh, a noteworthy accomplishment. That's good stuff. I I shot the cross-country team down at at, uh, Douglas few years back and now I'm working with the Carson team and just I don't think people quite grasp how fast that is there go out and, and walk a mile and time yourself <laughs> and then try to register in your brain how fast these kids are running it's insane now I can tell you from experience too that the first mile is pretty easy uh, you know, the first mile is a lot of adrenaline a lot and you're you're you know let's say you're in a big race you don't want to get you know caught behind the pack so maybe you're kind of in the first third it's it's the middle guys i can tell you from experience it's when it's when the cheering stops and you're out in the back of the course and you're tired and you've got more than half the race left and more than anything you want to slow down and but you know that's where the competition comes in and it's doing it three straight times you know for for the three miles but i I always said everyone's everyone's a hero you know, for the first mile, and anyone can be a hero for the last 200 yards. That's where you just, you know. Yeah. But it's that middle. Uh, it, it's good stuff. I mean, I, I would be willing to bet that most people aren't walking a mile in the time they're doing three. That 15, mm. that 16 minute mark, I mean, it's so incredible to me. Yeah, the it depends. Mile I mean, I ever ran in PE was 604. It's really not much of a comparison, but yeah, I, no, I could see somebody walking no, I, a mile in less than 15 minutes. Look, and then you go meet these kids. They're the nicest kids. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you did what? You ran how fast? Well, well I will say from the, the girls' cross country feature story that came out last Wednesday in the Nevada Appeal, the off season training program that they put, implemented this, this fall or this, this past summer was. Pretty absurd. Um, most of them are sophomores, so most of them came into last season as freshmen, having not put in a full off season of work and not really, maybe fully grasping what that entailed. And then to hear about the all the work they put in—I mean, two hundred plus miles this summer—you can see it in their times. You just compare it from, you know, these meets are really tough to compare from one to the next because they're various elevations. They're competing against various different opponents. All the courses are different, so. Weather, I went and compared yeah. them from the same meet from two years in a row, and almost across the board, every single runner for for the Carson girls team has dropped their time by a minute, which is just pretty nuts to do that in in one season, let alone over the course of maybe a couple seasons. That's that's really shaving time, yeah, no matter how you look at crazy. it. Twenty seconds per mile. I mean, if you're you're shaving that from one year to the next. That that's why they're that's why they need to make room in the trophy case. Yeah, get the get the get the old dust rag out. Make sure to clear off any of those spots. Uh, lots of coverage to continue this week. Be sure to stay tuned. NevadaAppeal.com backslash news backslash sports. Same thing on the record courier side of things. If you didn't get a rivalry tab, I'm sure we can dig one up for you. If you need it, just shoot me an email at cekl at NevadaAppeal.com. If we can't get one for you, well. 
Oh, it's not like we didn't tease it enough. So <laughs> we certainly did try, didn't we? We did. Yeah. We did try. There were about 80 free copies at the Carson Douglas football game, too. So hopefully you were able to get one there. If not, Otherwise, thank you to Duke Rittenhouse for joining us. As always, thank you to my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. You could check out his work on instaimage.com there. And of course, thank you to today's main sponsor, that is playedagainsports.com, or Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs, located in the Topsie Lane Shopping Center. Thank you for sticking it out for 100 episodes of Behind the Bench. Uh, Jeff and I honestly can't believe we were we made it this far, let alone to time it up. Uh, the week after the 100th anniversary. Brilliant timing. And by timing, we mean we didn't try at all. They just happened to work out that way. So thanks for listening. Uh, We appreciate you guys, and we will catch you next week. Take it easy.